Hi, I'm Rail Bricker, and I'll be one of your hosts for the Business Excellence Podcast. Hi, and I'm Lindsay Adams. I'm the co-host. And together, we're going to be talking about what makes up business excellence. And we believe that you can never be perfect. All you can be is excellent. And in our businesses and in our lives, we want to achieve excellence. And that's why this is the Business Excellence Podcast. Hi, and welcome to today's edition of the Business Excellence Podcast. My name is Rail Bricker, and with me is my co-host from Brisbane, Australia, Lindsay Adams. Hello, and welcome. And today's guest on our podcast is Ava Lucanis from Edge Communication. Welcome, Ava. Thanks, Rail. Thanks, Lindsay. Have you here with us today, Ava? Tell us briefly what you do. So I help organisations to align their customer experience with their brand promise so that their people have a consistent process in communicating with their customers. And this makes life easier for them and less stressful. Um, and it also creates happier customers who are having better experiences. So that that sounds interesting. I mean, so what exactly is this brand promise you know what wh how do companies see it and and how do you try and educate them as to what it is so the brand promise is the promise that an organization makes to their customers so it's their reputation it's their company values it's the customer service charter that they have on their website all that promise about great customer service that they make in their advertising, you know, the, the ones you see, or the message <laughs> the message from the CEO that implies that they care about you. Um, it's what their customers see, hear and feel. And I'm sure you've had the experience where you go to a company's website and they make a promise, like I'm sure you've heard this one before, if you're not satisfied, we'll do what it takes to make it good. But then something pear, something turns pear-shaped and you make a complaint and they don't respond to you. Or another one that I've experienced, we listen. There used to be a bank that had their, their uh, slogan, <laughs> we listen. And then a sticky situation developed and I tried to get it sorted and um, they didn't listen to me. Oh, how about that? <laughs> yes. So... So it's, it's, you know, it's like the other one, people are our most valuable asset and then they treat them like dirt anyway. I know. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. So what happens when the promise is broken? I mean, we've all, I think we've all had experiences of, you know, where a company's not done what they said they're going to do. What What's the impact of that? So, Lindsay, just like when a friend that you trust makes you a promise and they break that promise, your trust in them can erode. And it depends on how reliable they've been in the past. If there's a high level of trust and it's just a one-off, then it doesn't make such a dent. But if they've done this before, the level of trust starts to decline and you start to wonder whether you can trust them again. And likewise, it's understandable that a customer will have an expectation that they'll receive what's been promised to them in terms of product and customer service and ultimately, if what they've received is not the experience that they expected, the trust that they had in that organisation can erode. Just like when you buy a product and it's faulty, I believe that service is equally as important. And if a customer feels aggrieved because they've received faulty cu customer service, if you like, then they'll lose trust and they'll likely vote with their feet. Yeah. Um, 
read a great book by Stephen M. Covey. He's the son of Stephen Covey, the guy who wrote Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And uh, the book's called The Speed of Trust. And it's all about how much quicker things happen in life and in business when there's trust. And he says that trust equals confidence and mistrust equals suspicion. So even if the customer doesn't leave because they're in contract or say, you know, like a, like a telecommunications company or say you're a local government body, they're unlikely to go to the extent of moving house just to leave your business. But when that trust is broken, they become more suspicious. They'll start to question things more and they'll make life more difficult for the business. Thanks, Ava. The, a previous guest on our podcast, Alan Stevens, who talks about reputation and maintaining your company reputation. He suggested that once you lose your reputation, it goes down very, very quickly. It doesn't erode. So obviously you have different experience or different um, a view on that because you were talking about um, your reputation um, eroding uh, over time. Now, do you think that it's possible to stop something eroding or do you think when you do something wrong and you broke your, break your promise, it falls off the cliff and you have to rebuild from scratch? Well, it just depends um, on how many positive things the company's done. So it's, um, you know, the customer base is like the emotional bank account. And if they put deposits into that bank account, they're, they're deposits of trust. So they're the little things that they do, the unexpected things like, um, you know, remembering their name, um, you know, carrying their bags out to the car, um, you know, sending them something like little, um, you know, little gift with their purchase or, you know, just the little things that they do that people don't expect. Um, but if they then make a withdrawal of trust, so they do something wrong or something that, that upsets the customer, then the customer, if there's a high level of trust, the customer is not going to be really as affected. But if the trust level is low, they've done lots of bad things, taken lots of withdrawals and upset the customer a few times, then the trust is going to go over the cliff very quickly. So yeah, it, it can gradually erode depending on how many deposits of trust and how many withdrawals of trust have been made. And that's, that's also based on Stephen Covey's work, uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and the Trust Account. Interesting. So is there a spin-off effect on the employees in an organisation when this happens? Yes. Can you imagine if you're dealing with customers all day who are feeling aggrieved or suspicious, imagine how much more stress that can create in your workplace and you personally. And we all know how damaging stress can be on our health. Uh, one memorable example that I have on a, on a spin-off effect is uh, I did some work with a public hospital and at the end of the training session when I went around the room and asked each person what their biggest takeaway from the day was, one of the attendees, Fiona, told me that she felt overwhelmed and would have been better off at work as she now had a full day to catch up on and she really didn't feel she got anything out of the day. Now, I appreciated her honesty, but I encouraged her to put one thing into practice and just see how she went with that. So she agreed that she'd give her name when she answered the phone, and that would be the one thing she did. She told me that she'd never given her name before because then they'd know who to complain about. She doesn't give a name over the phone. And uh, so a couple of weeks later, I received an email from her manager forwarding a full-page letter that Fiona had written. And 
She said, in it she said, amongst other glowing remarks, that giving her name when she answered the phone was a complete life changer for her. She now enjoyed her day at work because when she gave her name, her callers would often respond positively and ask how she was, and they actually used her name. And this made her feel valued and that, you know, she was way less stressed at work. And now she's become a raving fan of customer service training and said that now she had the realisation of how many people working in the service industry desperately need to attend a similar course. So that was a complete turnaround for her and and such a significant significant outcome, just putting one little thing into practice. That that is pretty amazing, Arva. Uh, (laughs) No pun intended. So that's one thing you do with clients. Obviously, you do some training. So how do you actually help them, you know, bring all this together? Okay. So when... Yeah, great question. So when an organisation engages me, I start off by exploring um, what the what are the promises that they're making to their customers, and often they don't even they're not even aware of what promises they're making to their customers. Um, then I create and deliver a training program around that that aligns with it. And so their people end up with a process so that they understand exactly what's expected of them. And they come away with a box of communication tools, if you like, that they can easily implement in all sorts of customer situations. Um, Just for example, an organisation, you know, this is quite a common one, they may list empathy as one of their values. But do their people know what this means? Do they really know what empathy means? How to display empathy? You know, you can't just put a sign up in your boardroom or at reception that shows your company values and then say, team, I need you to give great service to our customers. You need to do these things without actually training them in how to do it and showing them how to do it. Because Great service or empathy may mean different things to different people. And the more I do this work, the more I realise how little organisations and their people actually understand what service really is. And uh, the difference between service and experience, you might be doing all the right things and you might think that you're giving good service, but is it is it done in a way that is authentic and that the customer really feels it to be sincere? Um You know, I had a situation many years ago where I made a complaint uh, to a company and um, I got this response back saying uh, from the supervisor saying I was sitting right next to that person and, um, you know, they gave great service. They did all the right things. So basically I don't know what your problem is. I was just horrified to receive this. So I immediately wrote a letter into the, um, you know, to the company to whoever that person reported to. And I received a phone call a little while later from that same supervisor saying to me, she just completely apologised and she said, I was looking at what my colleague was doing, but I never thought about how you, what your experience was and, and how you were experiencing that. And it was complete turnaround. And that, to me, that really just, you know, spoke volumes in that, you might think you're doing all the right things, but how is the customer experiencing it? Yeah, yeah. Because that's the true measure of great service is the customer experience because it's what you're receiving. Absolutely, and it's individual, and wonder, isn't it? Can I extend on that a little bit, Ava, and, and ask the question? So, so something you said there and, and about the supervisor whose immediate first reaction was my staff were doing the right thing and, and then only investigated afterwards. I mean, I would 
I would suggest, or I, my idea is that a lot of companies who think they've got the right level of customer service and creating the customer experience, as soon as you complain, the first line of defense is not, I will investigate it, but rather, of course, our staff are doing the right thing. You know, how, how do you change that mindset of not protecting your own staff? I know that's the whole thing that you know, they need to stop being defensive and actually really listen and, and truly listen to customers' experiences. Um, this particular experience was actually, um, I shouldn't say this, but it was actually the police department and it was I'd had a house break in. And so when I wrote the letter, because obviously, you know, but I'd had a house break in, so I was feeling very emotional. Um, when I wrote the letter in, I explained all of that, what I was going through in the letter, and the that was what the response was around. It was, you know, the the phone call I got. She said, you know what, I, you know, you could have been my mother, my grandmother, my daughter. You know, we you know, if, if I was in your situation, I would be feeling the same. And we weren't actually, we weren't thinking about that when we responded initially. So I think, you know, just showing empathy, putting yourself in people's shoes. And thinking, you know, thinking about what it would be like if you were them and responding appropriately. That's perfect. Thank you. So tell me, you know, in your business, Edge Communication, what kind of organisations do you work with? So every business has customers because without customers, they wouldn't be in business. And that applies to retail, government, telecommunications, small, medium and large business in all industries. So I work with all of those um, organisations, um, even universities and schools are now seeing all of their stakeholders as customers. Um, they need to be competitive and customer service can be such a crucial point of difference for them, especially now, of course, with the universities and uh, you know, you know, they're not getting those overseas students. And of course, the private schools are, are probably not getting getting the enrolments because people are, are struggling a little bit more financially. So it's so important for them. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, the customers may not leave, like when it comes to, say, a government organisation, you're stuck with them, um, but their attitude will sour and they'll make your life more difficult. Um, I've worked in many different industries, um, from retail to healthcare, IT, government, education, just to name a few. Um, nobody likes sitting in a workshop for half a day or a full day, so my workshops are very interactive. And the feedback that I often get from my clients is that they like how I explain concepts in different ways that people of all communication styles will understand, so it becomes more memorable. Uh, but that sounds really interesting. I'm betting that some of our listeners might want to get in contact with you to find out more. How would they do that? So my website is www.edgecommunication.com.au. So there's no S on the end of communication. And uh, if you'd like to email me, uh, you can find my uh, details on that website. Uh, love to have a chat. I'm very, very passionate about uh, customer service. Um, so I'll chat to anyone as long as they'd like, um, obligation-free about what they can do and how they can, uh, you know, do their customer service better. Thank you, Ava. And thank you again to my co-host, Lindsay Adams, and our guest today, Ava Lukanis of Edge Communication. This is Rail Bricker, and we are signing off for this episode of the Business Excellence Podcast.
We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Business Excellence Podcast.